listening to Talking Law, the podcast where business owners just like you discover how to avoid legal landmines and build value using smart legal tips. Join your host, Joanna Oki, as she cuts through the legal jargon and gives you clear and simple actionable legal strategies, which will get you optimal business results. Hi, it's Joanna Oki here, and welcome back to Talking Law, brought to you by our commercial legal practice, Aspect Legal. Now, today we are very lucky to have Jane Chore with us from our legal practice, Aspect Legal, and Jane heads up our litigation dispute resolution and also our employment divisions. And today, Jane is here talking with us today about the top tips in dealing with disputes. Hi, Jane. Thanks for coming on board. Thanks for having me, Joanna. Great. Well, look, I think this is a really important topic for us to be talking about because I feel like this area of disputes is one area where businesses can cost themselves massive amounts in wasted time and, of course, expense if they don't get on issues that are arising quickly enough. Um, So, Jane, I I guess what's your perception? What's the biggest issues you see out there? Why do you think we should be talking about this topic of how to deal with disputes to our listeners today? Yeah, look, as you said, it it can be quite costly and time-consuming for businesses in dealing with these disputes. So, there are a number of common types of disputes that we see quite often. And I I think this is a really good starting point you're drawing us to here, Jane, because I guess the the first thing sometimes that people say to me is, well, what should I be looking out for? And I guess that comes full circle back to the most common types of disputes we see and the most expensive types of disputes we see. So um, take it away, Jane. Okay. So... The most common types of disputes we see, the first would probably be disputes with employees. The first type of dispute we see in relation to employees is unfair dismissal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Now that, you know, can be a very time-consuming and costly type of claim for an employer. Uh, Part of that is just because it's quite easy for an employee, disgruntled employee, to bring an action against an employer and then, of course, they're forced to deal with it. They have no option other than to to put on a defence to the matter and often we see that that will run right through to, you know, a mediation and or final hearing and can can really be quite time-consuming and costly, especially for small business owners. Mm. I think that's a really important point because it's almost – You know, I always say when you get to the point of termination of a contract, and here we're talking about employment contracts, of course, is when the relationship has completely broken down irretrievably. So that is almost the most common point of, I feel, of dispute because there's no way that you can use personal relationships. So you're far less likely to be able to use commercial outcomes to drive the outcome that you're after because the the relationship has already terminated. So I 
I think, you know, I personally think this is probably why this is one of, you know, the common points of uh, dispute that we see arise again and again when employees are bringing unfair dismissal actions because they've been terminated. So what other issues do we see in organisations? So we've talked about unfair dismissal claims that arise when a termination has uh, happened within an organisation and an employee feels that it's unfair. And and I think perhaps in future podcasts, we have in previous podcasts specifically talked about this area of unfair dismissal. But I think we might also talk about it again in future podcasts, because it's certainly something that employers need to be, you know, acutely aware of. But maybe what let's also talk about some of these other employment areas that we're seeing to give a flavour for some of the issues that can occur. Yeah, so another area that we see, you know, coming up time and time again is difficulty that employers might have with understanding and properly interpreting industry awards. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the awards are quite lengthy and can be quite difficult to navigate. So that's something that we see comes up. And, and off the back of that, I guess, can be there can be issues with unpaid statutory entitlements or, or penalty rates and other types of things that are allowed for in awards that an employer may not even be aware of. Uh, and off the back of that, obviously, there'll be, there can be claims for, you know, the back pay and other unpaid entitlements, which again is just something that can be quite time consuming for the employer to have to address. And I guess, you know, giving this a little bit of colour, you know, we've seen a couple of issues occur over the years for um, organisations who've come to us uh, when a claim has occurred. So um, where that claim relates to back pay claims over a period of almost decades. And I guess that's that's when it can be most shocking for a business, but also most expensive for a business. If they've had a practice in place in their organisation for a long period of time that unbeknownst to them hasn't complied with their requirements, you know, whether that's under an award or the general legislation itself, where they haven't complied with their required, required entitlements of the employee. And so, therefore, when an employee discovers it, you know, whether or not they've been aggrieved because of a termination or for some other reason, they go and speak to a lawyer who points out that, you know, they've not been paid in accordance with the award or whatever it is. And then they go back through the past, you know, entire period of time that they've been employed by a business. And I think that's, you know, that's one of the most emotional types of claims that can be brought against a business when you have someone that had been with you for a very long period of time and then suddenly they're trawling back through the records for their entire term of employment. And you're right, look, it can be something quite small. It could be an allowance, a 15-minute allowance for, for a meal break or something like that, which seems quite, you know, quite small, but over a lengthy period of time can be quite a substantial amount. Mm, Absolutely. Okay, great. And is there anything else out there we should be throwing as a warning? Any other areas that you're seeing crop up regularly, Jane? Yeah, we are seeing 
you know, an undercurrent there to do with bullying and harassment in the workplace. Yeah. Um, and I guess specific instances where things have happened at, at work functions, for example. Yeah. So I think employers need to be aware of the anti-bullying stance that they're required to take and also make sure that they have proper company policies in place and that their staff have been properly educated in relation to, you know, anti-bullying and harassment in the workplace. Yeah, that's a great point. Look, there's so much that we could go on about um, in relation to employment disputes and it probably deserves a podcast in and of itself. So I think we'll aim to do that at some stage in the future so we can bring more discussion here about examples that we see quite often in the employment dispute area. But how about we move it on just in, in terms of providing this overview for everyone? What are some of the other areas, Jane, that we're seeing as regular areas of action for disputes for organisations? So one of the top areas would definitely be to do with outstanding money. We see that time and time again. So it could be a dispute with, with the customer or clients. Or suppliers or, you know, someone claiming that someone else owes the money. And I guess, you know, a base that's, um, that's where most of our disputes, what most of our disputes are related to. But it's not always about money. I, I guess that's another point. You know, it's not always about money. Sometimes and quite often issues arise because of the very principle of things, not so much always just economic issues. And and I guess one of the things that we say to clients is probably useful talking about here that principle <laughs> is costly. You know, if, if trying to bring, uh, you know, when you're making decisions on the basis of the principle of the thing or the principle of the issue, you know, you just feel that it's wrong. You know, that's often something that can cost you a lot of money. You really, in disputes, I think the most important thing is to try and keep emotion out of it. Um, but maybe maybe we can talk about some of these different areas of contract disputes, Jane, that we're seeing. I mean, we see contract disputes relating to partners or shareholders. Um, what, what other sort of contract disputes are we seeing a lot of at the moment? So just in relation to your point there about the shareholder disputes, we do, as you said, it's not not always about the money. I mean, often it can be to do with the running of the business or how the business is supposed to be run and one one shareholder or, or business owner, you know, making the point that that the things that are supposed to be done aren't being done. Maybe, Jane, if you can give us some insight into what are some of the issues that are happening between shareholders or between partners, you know, where where are some of the most recent disputes that we're seeing or, or perhaps maybe even just the more um, routine types of issues that are coming up in, in this shareholder or partner type, type issues? So more often than not, it's it really comes back to the running of the business and obviously one party suggesting or, or stating that something should be done a certain way and the other not agreeing, I guess, is the is the is usually the essence of, of the dispute. Yeah, so that decision-making quandary, I guess, you know, in relation to how decisions are being made within the organisation as a whole or, you know, sometimes just specific subsets of decisions, you know, one party not agreeing with how, you know, the, the other parties are trying to implement decisions. 
And then moving on, so we've talked about shareholder disputes, we've talked about employment disputes, we've talked about, you know, chasing up outstanding monies and client disputes. Maybe it's useful if we just throw in here some intellectual property disputes we see, because certainly intellectual property is another key area where we um, witness a lot of activity in the disputes area. So, So what sort of IP themes are we seeing at the moment, Jane? Yeah, so as you've said, we do come across quite a few brand protection disputes and that obviously involves trademarks, intellectual property. Most recently we had a matter that involved a patent infringement uh, and that actually involved a federal court action. And I think this is worth pointing out, you know, sometimes people don't understand that by importing goods or distributing goods, you can become primarily liable for um, intellectual property infringements as as well as the party that supplied you. And, and that's sometimes where we've seen issues occur where parties may not have had any idea that they were in the firing line, you know, where they are simply distributing someone else's goods or services. You, you know, they can be liable for intellectual property infringement. So that's certainly something that we see, but probably is quite often joined with the parties who are being attacked not realising that they had this possibility of an infringement action against them. Well, that's right. And often the suppliers are located overseas. So it gives them that sort of level of distance where if somebody in Australia is commencing an action, then, right, you know, as you've said, they'll really, their first target will be the importer, you know, and therefore, you know, the deemed manufacturer under the legislation. So I think that's something that people need to be aware of. Let's take a short break. When we get back, Jane and I will walk you through a general overview of the dispute process. Then we'll close this episode out with some actionable tips to bear in mind when you find yourself dealing with a potential dispute. And that's next. I'm Joanna Oki, and you are listening to Talking Law, a podcast brought to you by Aspect Legal. Are you looking for a top quality legal team to assist you in your organisation? Aspect Legal is an innovative commercial legal practice that specialises in providing fast and professional services for their clients. Our commercial legal services cover a wide spectrum of disciplines, contract law, dispute resolution, business sales and acquisitions, brand protection and IP. We work with clients both large and small and we're all about helping you grow while protecting you from the unexpected storms of business. If you'd like to chat about how we might be able to assist you, simply head over to our website at www.aspectlegal.com.au to book in time for a free discussion with one of our legal eagles. So get in touch today. Welcome back. Earlier, Jane and I talked about how dealing with disputes can be the most time-consuming and expensive problem businesses can face, making it absolutely important to talk about this topic and be aware of the most common types of disputes that we see hitting businesses. 
So let's keep our conversation going and jump back to our conversation with Jane to get a general overview of the dispute process. We've covered off some general areas where disputes occur. Let's talk very briefly about what the process is, because I think it's useful for us to, you know, including this 101 basics, the process, if someone is concerned about an action being commenced against them, or indeed if they're considering taking an action against someone else, what's the process that is followed for a dispute, for that dispute to end up in court? Yeah, so as a general overview, the aggrieved party will obviously notify the other parties, usually in writing, and and they'll make some sort of demand, you know, in an attempt to achieve or obtain what they're after or, you know, at least to start the negotiation process. There'll often be some, some back and forward at that point and if the matter can't be resolved to the satisfaction of both of the parties, then the aggrieved party will then proceed to file an action so by way of a statement of claim or other appropriate action in in court, the defendant then or respondent, if you like, will then have 28 days to file a defence or to satisfy the debt or resolve the dispute. Failing that, the matter will be listed by the courts for, for what's called a pretrial review or it does have various names depending on which court you find yourself in where the parties will find themselves before the court and it's at that stage that the matter is then given a timetable, so directions for things that either party will have to do in order to progress the litigation. And, you know, you often find that these matters can take anywhere from, you know, six to 12 months. That that would probably be a fairly swift proceeding. We've had matters here that go on for years and years. So, I mean, <laughs> well, once you're in the court system, it's not necessarily a swift process. And I, I think that's important for people to understand as well. And, you know, sometimes there's nothing that you can do about a legal action because an action is commenced against you. And sometimes you need to commence an action against an organisation or, or a person in order to make them understand that you're serious. But as a general rule, if there's any way to keep matters out of course, you know, that's quite often the best outcome, I think, financially, generally, if you can find a way to find an outcome that works for you without having to go through the court process. Would you agree with that, Jane? Look, I would. And even in circumstances where an action has been commenced against you or you're the party that's commenced the action, you should really try to continue to negotiate the dispute in an attempt to try and resolve it. And I think the courts will always encourage the parties to do that on every every given opportunity. Every time that the parties are called to court for a matter, they'll be give, you know encouraged to discuss the matter further to try and come to a resolution. So, you know, there's still an opportunity to resolve it even once proceedings are commenced. And, we, we you know, we would always recommend that um, parties keep that dialogue going in an attempt to resolve it before finding themselves at the point of a final hearing. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, look, maybe we should leave this particular episode with just some simple action tips for our listeners. And then I think we come back again soon and talk in more detail about each of these different areas of dispute and how 
businesses can protect themselves against these issues, but also be on the front foot if problems are occurring. But in terms of providing some takeaway tips today for for our audience, Jane, what do you think from your perspective are the main uh, the main things that our audience should bear in mind if they're finding themselves in a dispute situation? So firstly, don't delay. You know, it's essential that you act as soon as possible after a cause of action arises. I think all too often our clients approach us after the dispute's already escalated and it's much harder at that point to try and manage the dispute. Uh, I think it's it's really especially important for employment-related disputes that arise out of termination of employment or through the performance management process. You know, a delay will just mean that memories have faded, uh, you know, documents or records might have been misplaced and it just means that you're in a less likely position to be able to to settle the dispute. Mm, absolutely. That's such a good point. And I think one of the issues with delay also is that sometimes people try and manage the dispute themselves, but in doing so, might say far more than they should have and, you know, make admissions or make statements that can be harmful to their position into the future. So I think it's being really careful about getting getting help and talking to um, someone that understands the process of dealing with a dispute from a legal perspective as quickly as possible. What's your next tip here, Jane? So my next tip would just be to, to be realistic. If the negotiations sort of drag on and on, the extra money that's spent there, you know, obviously reduces the overall amount that you might be likely to recover. So, you know, just try and keep the emotion out of it and and keep realistic. Yeah, that's a really good point. And then I, I think I'd like to throw in a third one here, that prevention is better and cheaper than the cure, um, certainly whether wherever disputes and litigation are, are di- concerned. So, In that, we will come back to future podcasts where we talk about how you can prevent issues from occurring in the first place in these areas where we see disputes most commonly arising. But for now, that's it for our top tips in relation to dealing with disputes. We've talked about why it's such an important issue, the common areas where disputes arise. We've talked about the process and we've given you some action tips that hopefully you'll find very useful. Just as a reminder, that is don't delay. Action tip number two was be realistic. And number third is prevention is better than the cure. Well, look, that's it for today, Jane. Thank you so much for coming on board and sharing all of your knowledge and expertise. And look, if people want to speak to you, we we have a free first initial 15-minute discussion. And so if you want to speak to Jane or any other of our legal eagles in the dispute resolutions team, head over to our website at www www.aspectlegal.com.au where you can click a button and simply book yourself in for a free 15-minute discussion with Jane or someone else from the team to discuss your disputes. And as we said before, get in early rather than getting in late. I think that's the main takeaway we want to leave everyone with today. What do you think, Jane? I think so. Thank you for having me, Joanna. Great. Thanks, Jane. Thanks again for listening in. You've been listening to Joanna Oki and Jane Chore from Aspect Legal on Talking Law. See you next time. 
Thanks for listening to Talking Law. Tune in next time for more smart legal tips and tricks to keep you clear of those legal landmines. If you want to get a download of today's show notes, head over to talkinglaw.com.au. Information in this podcast is general in nature, not legal advice. If you want advice for your business, visit talkinglaw.com.au. Thank you.